Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. First, I want to talk about gambling. And the Labour Party is putting forward proposals to stop gambling companies advertising in Ireland, saying the hidden epidemic of gambling is poisoning families. They've published draft legislation which aims to ban gambling ads across the media on public transport, billboards and online outlets. In 2019, Ireland had the seventh highest gambling spend per head of population in the world. 9.8 billion euro was spent in this country. Think about this, right? Put it into perspective. Last year, we had our record tax take in this country. That's the amount of money we take in in taxes to run the country. And we took in 59 billion, right? That was a record. That was up 10% in the last 10 years, right? So, if you put that into perspective... 20% 20% of that, roughly, 20% of that is spent on gambling. 20% of that amount of money that we run this country with is actually spent on gambling. What an incredible waste of money, which goes into the hands, of course, of private companies, many of them out there. And according to the Labour Senator Mark Wall, the party wants to see gambling addiction treated as a public health issue. Well, certainly we could probably cure a lot of the problems in our public health system, by the way, with 9.8 billion. But anyway... Our legislation, he says, our legislation, uh, hashtag beat the ads, will prevent unnecessary encouragement of gambling, banning all gambling ads across the media on public transport, billboards and online outlets. The gambling industry has worked particularly hard to create a strong link in our minds between major sporting events and betting. Watching a match, we are bombarded with reminders to download gambling apps or put a few bob on the score. Mr. Wall said he has received complaints from parents uh, coming across gambling ads while remote learning with their children. Yes, absolutely, I've seen it. While people are homeschooling their children during the day, they are faced with gambling ads and their children are asking them what the various companies are offering. This is totally unacceptable in this day and age. Now, I want to get your thoughts on gambling, specifically on ga- online gambling, and 90% of it is online nowadays. Uh, very few people actually go into bookies. There are the hardened gamblers who've been doing it for years, the older members probably who still go into the bookies. And every time we speak about gambling, the idea comes up that you can game responsibly and gamble responsibly. But I personally believe there is no such thing as a responsible gambler. None. There, I don't know a responsible gambler. Oh, somebody says to me there, yeah, that the film was made in Roundwood, the Blue Max. Thanks. I'll come back to that in a minute. So where do you play the lotto or put bets on sports or in the bookies or wherever it happens to be? As far as I'm concerned, it's completely irresponsible. And by the way, I'm a hypocrite because I do the lotto too every now and again. But I, but I put a limit on myself. I don't do it that often. I don't do it all the time. But I do it every now and again. Gabble responsibly is, of course, the term tacked on at the end of every sporting betting advertisement that's bombarding us from all directions. They are words meant to perform a kind of magic, like drink responsibly, to undo the damage caused by the ads themselves and somehow make everything okay, I suppose. When you see these ads or these ads on TV, you know, for Betway or Paddy Power or whatever it happens to be, Boyle Sports, gamble responsibly. That's what they say, isn't it? Those words, as if it makes it all okay. And for some people, it is okay. They can afford it. But for many others, and thousands of others, they can't afford it. They basically will bet away their rent, their mortgage, or any money they probably have. And it's as bad as alcohol. It's as bad as drugs. The damage it can do to families, the damage it can do to people's lives. We've talked to people in the past on the show who start gambling when they're 16, 17 years of age, and it destroys their lives. 
They are words that are designed to make sports betting agencies and governments breathe easier, I suppose. Make them feel sleep easier in their beds at night. While they're making this 9.8 billion euro in Ireland alone. Around the world every year, over 400 billion is spent on gambling. 400 billion. And that's only what we know about. Probably a lot more underground gambling as well. Black market stuff. So tonight I want to know, do you agree with me? Do you believe that you can gamble responsibly? I don't. And if you think you can, I'd like to hear from you. If you want to challenge that view, you're welcome to challenge that view. Let me know what you think. The number is 87 It's 087-188-0008. Can you gamble responsibly? Let me know what you think. 087 You can text or WhatsApp, all right? Uh, Michael, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Michael? How are you doing? Uh, Michael, is there such thing as responsible gambling? I don't think so. For the most part, no. No. Do you gamble yourself? So, no. Would you do, even do the lotto? I don't do the lotto anymore. I, I, I used to, I, I think I've grown out of that one. I mean, I find the ads very offensive. There's an ad at, at the moment. For, I think it's something like, it's a small amount of money. It's only a couple of million, but they have this house in the middle of somewhere with like slides and swimming pools and all. Oh, like a desert island, big, yeah, yeah. Or, oh, I know, I, I know the ad you're talking about, Yes. And it has all yeah, the water slides coming out of the house, yeah. You wouldn't even pay the bills with that amount of money for a house that size. You no, know, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. You're right. So it's, they're desperate. They're, they're selling something now that... But everybody yeah. everybody who bets, be it you know, on a match or be it on a, in the lotto or whatever it happens to be, it's, you're betting because you want more money and you're maybe in a bad place and you want to be that one, let's say the Euro Millions, one in 140 million. Oh, you have a one in one hundred forty. Think, put this into perspective. You have a better chance of being killed in a car crash tomorrow, and that sounds very morbid. But you have statistically a better chance of being killed in a car crash tomorrow. You've probably a better chance of being struck by lightning. You probably have a better chance of dying of COVID if you're under the age of fifty. <laughs> well, uh, well, I, I don't want to get into that, okay? But you would probably have more of a chance of obviously doing that, okay? But in saying that, Michael, you have a very small chance. But here's the thing. There is that chance. And and when we look at the Euromillions, for example, there has been four winners in this country, I think, of the Euromillions over the last 10, 15 years, whatever it is it's been around. Um, when we look at football matches, people who get, I don't know what they call them, multipliers or triples or whatever they call them, and they become quite rich. There are those rare occasions where people will be the winner. Yeah, but... You're not going. It's not going to be anyone listening to this show. But I can tell you now. I can tell you now. If I won 180 million, I wouldn't be listening to this show. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's what they do. They give, they sell it to you. But like, it's not. You know, the, the, the mathematic possibility of winning it is just. It's just. You never. You, this the money there. Make imagine the money. The prize money. Can you imagine how much money they're actually making? If that's the prize money. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Well, it, seemingly no. with, with, with the with the likes of the lottery, at least the money we know a lot of the money is going to good causes. But well, when, when we have, see, I could argue that one. I don't. Okay, I don't but we're not we're not going to get into that at the air. Okay, but in relation to say, you know, when we see when we go into betting shops or online apps, and we see a, there's a litany of new companies around, particularly in the last three or four years, and these companies are making more money now than ever. 
even though people have less money than no. ever, they're making more money than ever. Uh, and you see the ads every night. So all you got to do is watch Sky TV every night. And you see the Fox running around. You see Betway, one, two, three, or whatever it's called, and yeah. all the different companies. They're making millions, billions. Yeah, so, and they're doing it because it's addiction, isn't it? People chasing dopamine highs. I mean, that's what gambling is, isn't it? They're chasing that, that dopamine well, kind of fix. And these guys are cashing in on it, you know what I mean? Well, you can I mean, argue, you could argue mean, the same about alcohol, isn't it? But, you know, the, 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 the vintners cash in the fact that you want to get drunk. Well, I'm not, I wouldn't try to stop anyone from drinking or gambling. I mean, I personally have no issue like with people, uh, you know, gambling on big events like the heavyweight championship or something like that or the World Cup final or... The Grand National or... The Grand National, you know what I mean? I yeah. don't mind that, but I mean... That was my first gambling experience, by the way. I mean, father used to always put a pound on for each of us in the family on the Grand National. He'd let us pick a horse. Yeah. You know, we trained them in. We trained them. No, I don't think I ever did. <laughs> I think my horse was kidnapped. <laughs> it was, was it red rum? Shergar. <laughs> that's it. It was kidnapped. What, I, did, did they ever? They never found Shergar, did they? Well, he's in a, he's, he was in some dog food in, in Iraq or something. <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, I don't want to disrespect the people who own him, but I don't think he was ever found. Yeah. No, he was shot. Or he's probably put out the stud over in the Middle East, I'd say. But the IRA did that, didn't they? Sorry? Was it the IRA that done that? I, I did, well, that was the kind of the rumour at the time, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I said they put him out the stud or something. Or they mm. tried to get insurance money or there was something going on there. Yeah. Okay, but, but, so long ago. but getting back to betting in general, look, they want to bring in legislation now to ban the advertising. You know, when you see these billboards at football matches or, you know, and all you got to do is watch the matches at the moment and you'll see all these billboards, these electronic billboards right around the sideline. And all they are is betting. The same during the ads during the breaks of these football matches. It's always for betting and gambling. And they want to ban it. Senator Mark Wall wants to see it banned. That's window dressing. That's not going to That's not gonna make much of it. I think it will make a difference. It takes the, it takes I, the I urgency away, does it not? I don't know. I mean, are they going to ban internet advertising? But look, if you look back through history, you know, we banned cigarette advertising. It made a difference. You know, we banned, no, it, we banned alcohol advertising, you know, uh, at certain events. And I think it will make a difference too. You know, I think those things do make a difference. They might stop it, but they do make a difference. Yeah, but it's not... You, you, what annoys me about that is the politician will make themselves out to be amazing and, you know, they're not. And it's not going to make that much of a difference. Gambling will still continue. I mean, the profits will still continue. You know, as long as there's stars out there sports stars and, and stuff to sell it you know what I mean and, and I don't know I mean not actually sell the gambling but like you know to as long as there's someone out there competing to give you something to gamble, to gamble on, on. Yeah. yeah that's that's what it is Like and, and but, you, but, you, always, do, but you do agree with me that, the, that it's all irresponsible I'll tell you why I, I, I agree with you right and I'll, te- I'll tell you a story right I worked with a guy a few years ago right um one day he was telling me a story on the lunch break. We were working on a Saturday. We were in the canteen working in this factory. And uh, he told me a story about his uncle over in England. And he said his uncle, in one day, gambled away his two trucks and his business over a football match in a pub on a Saturday. Oh, my. Or a Sunday or something like that. And I remember going, what, are you serious? He said, yeah. And he told me his whole story about having to his uncle. And he said he, he his uncle just got... Carried away, the few drinks on, got carried away. He was a bit of a gambler, and uh, then he told me a story of having to hand over the the, the keys to the trucks and the deeds, and 
and uh, it, it destroyed the family and it destroyed the marriage. And I was just going, I thought he was taking the mickey. He's just serious, like, and he says, yeah, and give Tommy loves more about it. And I remember, like, that that's the kind of thing that goes on with gamblers, like, and oh, know, literally, know. you know. Oh, they'll gamble so, their house away. Oh, yeah, mad yeah. stuff. I mean, yeah. it's an addiction. It's a well, but I, I've spoken to them on the show. I've spoken to people on the show who've literally gambled without their wife even knowing, or husband as the case may be, because I've spoken to women too who do it. It's not just yeah. men, by the way. It seems to be more so men than women. But and yeah. I've spoken to them, and without their wives known or husbands known, they've gambled away the mortgage, the rent, everything. And, and marriage, is, marriage is down the drain. Se- yeah, it's always very secretive. Well, it's like drinking, isn't it? You only find out when everything's gone, the bailiff's sort the door, and you're like, yeah. what the hell's going on? Like, you know? Say, well, stay there just for a second, because Mike, you're on Classic Hits. How are you doing, Mike? Hello. Uh, Mike, do you believe there's such thing as responsible gambling? I don't know. It's very hard to define. But I, what I was just saying there, no, to wrestling there a second ago, is that the fellow going into the betting shop with the cup of good inside in his pocket, but there and there was old boys used to be going in there doing lucky 15s and doing, doing a few old humes at the end of the week, and it was, it was a bit of a pastime for them. But the fellow going in there, let the worst scenario come to the worst, let him lose, let him lose his bollocks, whatever he has inside his pocket, at least that's it. But mm. the fellow that's online, that fellow is on a slippery slope because if he's working with a credit card, it depends on how much juice is in that, of course. But, uh, He'll gamble everything he's got. Oh, I and, and more. I know of people now, especially that online poker boy night, I know of situations where people have lost. Now it's just gone, houses gone. Because there's no limit. And a lot of these fellas were professionals, they had access to serious serious money. See that and you're right, the difference between the betting shop and I'll say this, Michael, as well to you, the difference of the betting shop and the online is the betting shop has a real human being behind the counter. And that real human being every now and again will turn around and say, No, look, you're barred, get out. You know, we're not taking any more bets off you. Yeah, then like the main. Never heard of that now. Ah, it does happen, Michael. It does happen, Michael. I've heard, I've heard of betting shops refusing to pay out, but I've never heard. No, of I've, 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 to... I've heard of betting shops refusing to take bets off people. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, it does happen. You know, like pubs refusing to serve people alcohol. They, they do have a level of responsibility. Don't get me wrong; I wouldn't claim that they're the most responsible people in the world, but they do have a level of responsibility. Well, I, I would say that's down to the, the kind heart and the sort of discretion of the the, the staff member. Behind. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what that is. But well, that's yeah, what I'm saying. At least, at least, at, at least, that's there. But but, yeah, but Mike probably. Mike makes a good point. The guys that go into betting shops usually, not all the time, are the old guys. They've been doing it for years. They might only have you know. I don't know, 50 quid in the arse of their trousers. And that's that's all they're going to lose. They can't lose any more than that. Yeah, but that's, that's dying out. Well, it is. I mean, and and, and Mike, no. this, Mike, this is the problem. The betting shop is dying out. Well, the problem at the moment with the betting shop is it's closed. And it, it might as well be open because they're, they're going to back way now with the, with the online system. Like, you can go into a supermarket and there could be 100 people inside that. Why can't they control if you go into a betting shop? Because even before this COVID thing, the most people during the week that might be in a betting shop would be three or four people. There's plenty of room for 10 or 20 people inside in a betting shop. Mm. So so, they might as well have them open because it's the same thing. And I, I, by the way, at the moment with, the, with Level 5, are betting shops closed? They are, yeah. Okay, because I wasn't too sure whether they were or not. It has to be all online. I know yeah. it's not considered a necessary service. Or else we'll have to phone a friend and order him the money and then hammer the shit out of him. We'll lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you believe the biggest problem is the online. So what's the solution to that, Mike? I don't know. There's too much money behind the whole thing. 
What about the advertising? It's in itself. I mean, I mean, all you got to do is turn on the television, and every yep. second ad, particularly once you get after nine o'clock at night, every second ad is a betting shop of, or a betting yeah, company at some of some description. The price of the, uh, the, the ads for the cigarettes there a while ago, which were they were sponsored and Vincent and Hedges were sponsored in Formula One, and Rockman's were sponsored in the Circle of Ireland years ago, and blah blah blah. And Marlborough, they were all sponsoring something, Mar- yeah. Marlborough, I remember that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Circle of Ireland, everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like some of the original stickers from it all the time. But uh, that time the pack of the smokes was, there was proper tobacco inside them and they were only about, they were only about a tenth of the price. No, they're stopping the advertising, but the, the price of the cigarettes has gone lula. Mm-hmm. Do you smoke yourself? No. Okay. Well, then it doesn't affect you. <laughs> I suppose that point of view. But I, mem- I remember at the time when they were banning the uh, the drink advertising, or they were saying they were going to ban the drink advertising, should the drinks companies or the, the sporting companies, well, who are we going to get to advertise, you know, uh, the Heineken Cup and all this kind of stuff? And uh, well, and look, if we go back in time, you're right. You know, the Formula One was sponsored by Marlborough, Rotman, Silcut, all those kind of companies. But they found other sponsors, like Red Bull, for example, have been big sponsors of sporting events of more recent times. So they, they have found, there's other ways of sponsoring. But, but, but would it make a difference, Mike, if, if you didn't see those ads for gambling anymore? Do you think that would slow it down a bit? Right, no, it's, it's like the COVID thing. No, people are going immune to the whole lot. Right, OK. So it doesn't make any difference anyway. So, so it no, it's uh, because people in the country now, they're going to sit especially since this whole lockdown shite and everything. Sure, I can't even part from your channel. They are now on the radio. Should the rest of it is complete horseshit and all the papers are completely, I mean, like they just they have all the elderly people driven demented. Mm. Yeah. Uh, if they yeah. could go into a bit and shop tomorrow morning, they'd, they'd be delighted. At least they could meet their friends and talk to them. Yeah, they can get away from what's happening, I suppose. Yes, oh, they're driven demented, especially out in rural Ireland. I'm down in Kerry myself now. The whole thing like is cuckoo. <laughs> right, but, but, you, but you got the Healy Rays looking after you down there. You should be grand. There's a limit to what they can do, unfortunately. <laughs> South Kerry, I'm in North Kerry, but uh, yeah. There's a limit to what they can do. And by the way, it, I, I'm sorry to go off the subject slightly in a tangent, but I, I obviously in big cities, you know, COVID-19 has had a massive economic effect because all the businesses are all closed. I, I understand Kerry is, you know, like there's still businesses in Kerry, but certainly not as much as there would be in a city. So has it damaged rural Ireland as much as it has damaged the cities, right. because you you can still go for the. I mean, I don't know what you would do on a daily basis. You know, in rural Ireland, you probably go for a walk or whatever it is. You can still go for a walk. You can still do those things. Yeah, you'll be brave this week now because the heat could be taken off at which hours. Right. Okay. Um, no, I'm sure, the most of the shops are closed. Like you get a few hardware shops open, you have LDs and Lidl's open. But sure, the fellow told me yesterday you can't even buy clothes inside in Dunn stores. No, you can't. I was in Dunn stores today. Sure, yeah, I was in Dunn stores today. You can buy underwear. Yeah. And socks, but you can't go anywhere near the, the nice clothes. They have ropes around them, yeah. which is a bit stupid, to be honest with you. Because here's the here's the illogical part of that: I can go home and go online and buy them, yeah, and take the money out of the country if I want to. I think that's going to mess with us on purpose. Yeah, it's kind of messing with the head a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that, that, that's you, you can buy it online in from England, and that'd be that'd be that'd be a, a surcharge of about sixty percent on top on top of the price by the time they're delivered. Yeah, but but aside from that, the, the whole illog- it's just completely illogical because I, as you said, I can't buy them in Duns, but I can go home and go on Amazon or whatever it is and buy online. And I'm sure if you look at the circumstances surrounding those that clothing or that all of that clothing coming from other countries into Ireland through haulage companies, all that kind, of, as many people have to be in contact with each other to get the clothes to you in the first place. So it doesn't make any difference. The risk is probably exactly the same. 
if yeah, not. So mo- mo- most of those clothes were in stock in, war- in warehouses anyway. They weren't like. Probably. It's not like fresh fruit and veg coming in no, every week, no. like, you know. It's but you know what I mean, though? No, no, no. I don't, I, look, I don't want to get into a COVID conversation. It just upsets everybody. So I, I just thought I'd mention it. Okay, but get, getting back to gambling. Yeah, Mike Mike believes like the, the, the bottom line, the biggest problem is the online gambling. Let me just go to Derianne as well. Derianne, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Derianne? Yeah, good night. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's, um, it is a terrible affliction for anybody that, that gets addicted to gambling because it's a very quiet, silent one. And um, I know of a young person that took a summer job up in a bookies and swords, by the way. Yeah. And uh, had to give it up because she got so upset that um, dads of her friends were coming in and spending their weekly wage. And she knew that those people were doing without food and everything. And she couldn't stand it for that reason. And uh, probably didn't no harm the young people to see that that's what it did. But, I mean, the bookies are the only winners. Yeah. And um, another thing is Vegas is is a place I would not be putting on my bucket list. I think it's the most ridiculous place in the world, and um, and yet that's man-made so that people will gamble, you know. Yeah. And uh, I know of a family that live in the states, and that once a year they all get together and go down and just uh, gamble for the weekend. Now, I, th- I don't think they overdo it, but at the same time, I just think the whole gambling thing, like, uh, the only winners are the bookies. And and another thing, by the way, before the COVID came in, not a lot into rural pubs, and even rural outside Zorro's pubs, um, were doing the gambling for the people in the pubs. You know, we're yeah. bringing up the bookies, taking bets. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah, I mean it's crazy stuff. I mean, I, 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 and do you do you do you think do you think getting rid of the advertising? I mean, because they've talked about this, and this is the hashtag beat the ads. Do you think that would? Do you think getting rid of the advertising would slow it down, or certainly have you know people wouldn't spend as quite as much money on it? I think I think it would because the advertising is so is is done in such a way that it catches people's subconscious, and I mean. It won't even go down that road, and it, it, it's deadly, you know, the way they do. It's like when you hear the ad for if the, you know, get the flu injection, flu season, flu season. I mean, they they just sell mil- millions of stuff, but that's by putting this into people's subconscious minds. Well, advertising, no doubt, works. I mean, let's be clear about it. If it wasn't for advertising, I wouldn't have a job because no, it pays I for do, the radio station. I do so, know that, but it's yeah. when it's like we're not so bad here, but in America. Um, you know, like years ago when it was back in the fifties, I think Coca Cola put up I shouldn't mention the name, should I? Well why not? It was out it's out there in the in the arena, public arena. Um they put up an ad or one of those subliminal ads in in the picture house and their sales went up. Uh, and the people didn't even know they'd seen it, you know, with their conscious mind. Mm-hmm. So but I d I don't think we'd be doing that stuff here in in all fairness. But um, I think it would just maybe, maybe not put, bring it into the consciousness of people. But um, it's not going to get rid of the problem. Sorry, sorry Michael. A few billboards. No, no one looks at billboards unless you're on a train. You're wrong. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're subliminal. You're. There. It is all, and it's called. There's a thing called brand awareness, right? Yeah. Like, oh, you, you, know, like you, you, you take. 
I fully get what you're saying, but the point mm. I'm trying to make is most people who are sitting on the train are looking at their phones. They're not looking at billboards. You think, you think they're The advertising is on the phones, and no. people aren't even... Oh, no, 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 I get that. And, and phone advertising and social media advertising is huge at the moment between Facebook and... and even, even if they banned it on Irish, most people have VPNs on their phones, so even but then, don't, Yeah, but don't for a minute think that billboards and all the old forms of advertising don't make a difference, because they do. It is, and and Derrianne is completely 100% right. It is subliminal, and it's not only that, it's just brand awareness. Like you take, for example, a company like Coca-Cola, right? And they have a big billboard. Coca-Cola don't need a billboard, right? Everybody knows Coca-Cola exists, right? They don't need to spend money on advertising. But here's the thing. They do it because of brand awareness. So it's every time you see it, it's in your mind. It's in your mind. So the next time you walk into a shop and you see the red can on the shelf, the ad pops into your head momentarily and you go, yeah, grab one then. So it's all about brand, it's all, you know, psychological, it's all about brand awareness. Of course, but that's for people who are already drinkers of Coca-Cola, so maybe your point is right, if someone's already a gambling addict and they see the sign on the thing, maybe that'll have that that particular effect you just said there. But new people, new kids, young people aren't looking at billboards, they're they're, they're not not doing that gambling, They, they will be looking at their phones though, and the government can't ban what's on the phone, so it's a bit... As I say, it's politicians mm. just working, giving out, trying to get votes, saying, oh, I did something, and they'll put on their resume, and they'll go on about it mm. then when they're looking for the votes, and I'll say, oh, it's, I don't know, I think it's, yeah, I'm, I'm not buying into that. Yeah, I'm okay. Okay, well, look, let me just go to, uh, stay there, please, if you can. Let me just go to Kevin. Kevin, you're on Classic Hits. How are you doing, Kevin? I'm astonishing, thank you, Niall, in yourself. Good, Kevin. I, I think you're on a speakerphone. It's difficult to hear you there. Okay, right. Let me try my other one. Hold on a moment. Okay, okay. Fix yourself there. It's live radio. Take your time. <laughs> Are you gone? Is that better? Yeah, go ahead. Go on. Okay. Yeah, no, um, as I said to your lady there, that yes, gambling, well, firstly, as we know, it's an addiction. I mean, it's like anything else. Once you're in it, you can't stop it. But or a lot of people, but I don't gamble myself. I've had the odd But what I'm trying to say is that I think it is controllable. I'll tell you why. I was at a long time ago, a few years ago, on a business trip, and we went to um, this place. It was kind of my first time at the one-armed bandit machine, you know? Okay. And I went there, and we knew we were going, so we said, okay, let's, I can't remember how much, let's say we would take 100 quid with us. Um, we said, we're going to gamble on that, and if we win grand, once we've spent it, we're walking away. Yeah. And I tell you, it was hard, but we just made sure we walked away. Once it was finished, that was it. But it was still a waste um, of 100 quid. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, no, certainly I made a few bob. I don't know, I made about 20 bucks or something. You know what I mean? But, yeah. But there was always that temptation, oh, jeez, I made 20, let's go back again. Yeah, but let me I reinvest said, the 20. Yeah. I said, no ways, I'm turning around and we're going. And that's the only way. But of course, you know yourself, not everybody has that kind of work. Most people think, find it difficult to do that. Well, yeah, I think, yeah, but to answer your question, I think it is controllable, but it depends on the individual. And but as you're, are you shocked to hear that a country the size of Ireland could spend nine point eight billion a year on gambling? Jesus, no, I didn't realize that. What, what you, what, sorry, Darianne, did you fall off your chair? Yeah, nine point eight billion we spent oh on God. gambling in two thousand nineteen. Ah, and is great. that all online stuff? Or, or well, is it, that's a combination of everything. That's yeah, a combination everything. of all gambling. 
Yeah, and that yeah, would include that would include you know betting shops online, the national lottery, everything. That would include everything. And and it's like that lady said earlier: who's benefiting? Uh, only the bookies. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, the so, tax man gets some money out of it. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, and and I would I I, do, I haven't seen the breakdown of age groups and gender. Okay. I would imagine it's majority male. Yes. Yeah, um, women tend to go more so to casinos and, um, you know, yeah. the kind of one arm band of machines that you're talking about. Like if you go out to Bray and out to Scaries and places like That's that where they have those machines, you see a lot of older women out there. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, and your man was saying there about young children, but hopefully there's some way you can put on a phone, um, uh, some way to block or limit the access or something. I mean, with all the technology, there has to be. It's yeah, kind of VPNs on the phone now. Yeah, yeah you can. You just well. Well, the other thing as well on all these gambling apps, you can set a limit, but you can change the limit. So, yeah. so yeah, that well, seems yeah. kind of pointless. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. No, no, I, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a hard thing to say, but I, yes, it is controllable. But you've just got to say, right, I'm taking so much. I think that's. But then again, like I say, I don't know. It's a very hard one to answer. I, fortunately, I'm not addicted to it, but it is a, it's a drug, all right, once you're in it and you start winning. But it's so sad how many families are suffering because of it. I mean, we're, we're the seventh highest gambling spend in the world. Yes. I mean, yes. I, I, by the way, I detect an accent there, by the way. Where are you originally from? Oh, South Africa. I've spoken to you before. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm trying to remember. I was just trying to remember. And yes. um, in South Africa, would uh-huh. there, there be a... a do people gamble as much culturally with it, or is it a lot of it in the black market, or how does it work? No, gambling was banned as, as in having gambling machines and all that. Then there was a big place you must have heard about it, Sun City. I've heard of Sun City, yeah. Okay, that, that was where everybody flocked to because that's it's like it's like their on. version of Vegas, yeah. Correct, and uh, that was just kind of outside the borders of South Africa, so everyone flocked there. That was massive gambling there, but um, it has, I believe. Um, now sort of come, but um, it's, it's a lot of it is black market and on the phones as well, you know, internet. Mm-hmm. Because it's hard, it's hard for them to stop it on the internet, really, isn't it's it? Correct, yeah. It's impossible. But there's not many. There's the not Chinese many. will do it all right, but that's about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> there's not many establishments, as far as I know, I'm still in contact with friends there that still have big gambling halls and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's because Sun City is the, the it's you know, what you're maybe four hours away or something and yeah. you can you can be a little Vegas, as you say. So yeah. yeah. And Michael, but why do you think the Irish particularly are so bad? Um, because of our, I suppose, because the people who are our language. First of all, we speak English, so a lot of the gambling's coming from Amer- from English speaking companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. English, America. You know, so yeah. At, at pre- at presently, that's the ones who are promoting it, um, and then you've got like. You now the the Dubai people and the 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 Abu Dhabi people, you now they're trying to get in on the yak now with the boxing and all this kind of thing. So we're kind of the hotspot for it. Just our language and our location, I think that's why we're we're in it. And we we've had a history of sports. We understand sport. Um, we're just it's just where we are and, and our knowledge of of how that world works. And, and, and by the way, also we we are a more a country to what you might be thinking at the moment with with COVID nineteen and what we went through back ten years ago in the recession. Generally speaking, over the last 20, 20 to five years or so, we've been a very prosperous country. So we've had quite... Most people have had disposable income. I, I don't know, but it's just 
some people have been prosperous, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, well, absolutely, yeah. But I, I think, you know, per head of population, we probably have more money uh, than, well, mo- no, than we, we citizens let, let, in most countries in the, the world. We let the and the Facebooks in, and they, they, they make a lot of money, so we're piggybacking off them, I suppose. And, yeah, I um, But we've given a lot of money away to, like, Ireland is... Uh, we represent 1% of the European Union, but we're paying 40% of the, the European Union banking debt. So I don't know where that, I mean, I, I doubt that's the reality for me anyway. I, mm-hmm. I'm not making lots of money. Well, you are. You may not be not, but, but many people did. I'm not saying they are at the moment, by the way. Although I did look at savings deposits accounts. Did I see something yesterday? They went from, because at the moment we have a huge divide now since COVID came along between the rich and the poor. And the rich are getting yeah. richer and the poor are getting poorer. Well, so those yeah, will be at the private yeah. sector. The private yeah. sector, unfortunately, are suffering very badly. And yeah. what has happened is you've got people more so in the public sector who are still getting full pay, but nothing to do with it because everywhere is closed. So they're saving money. So deposits, I think, if I read rightly, have gone up by 40 is it 14 million or 40 billion? It could have been billion, maybe I'm tarot checked. I just read it somewhere briefly yesterday. It's most likely billion, actually. Uh, deposit accounts have gone up by over the last year. So, in other words, there's a lot of people saving money in this country at the moment. You know what they say, though, money generates money. If that money's just sitting there doing nothing, it's not going to, you know. So, it's at, at some stage, we're going to get a slap in the face, and I can see that happening soon enough. Mm. Yeah, correct. Correct. Yeah, I mean, there's a huge divide. This this COVID nineteen has created a huge divide in the country. Uh, the, the the whole we're all in this together shite it doesn't doesn't yeah. wash well anymore. Yeah. We need to be honest we're with you. Right, yeah. No, we're not all in this together. There are people who are financially gaining from this greatly. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah, because the online, all the online companies have gained greatly. And by the way, anybody who could run the business online, and by the way, I'm not begrudging them, more power to them, right? But there are many people in that have obviously lost their shirt as well. You know what I mean? I, I'm looking here. The pandemic triggers surge of savings of up to 12.6 billion more on deposit this year. Uh, central bank figures show households had a record 123 billion, billion on deposit in October. So there's 123 billion. There's 123 billion sitting in the bank belong to people. Yeah. Actually, I'm just curious. I don't know because I don't know if I could do this in my calculator or not because it's not big enough. Well, hang on, let's just see for a second. Oh, we've just lost somebody there. Who did I lose? I'm still here. Oh, I think I've lost Kevin. There is it. Okay, so we we've just worked this out before we get to the break. Anyway, okay, so 123, 123. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Well, my calculator won't do it. Hold on. If I go put it sideways, I think it will. One, two, three. Uh, divided by five million. Two, three. I see. Equals 24,600 per person. Five minutes. So, <laughs> 24,600 per person. In the bank. Now that does, by the way, that doesn't mean everyone has 24 grand in the bank, by the way. Some obviously have a lot more than that and some obviously have nothing. Money will lose its value. They're just printing money at this stage. That's an incredible figure, isn't it? 123 yeah. billion on deposit. Okay, let me just go to John as well. John, you're our classic. How are you doing, John? Um, good evening, Niall. How are you keeping? Good. John, getting back to gambling, I personally don't believe there's any such thing as responsible. There is no such thing as responsible gambling. I don't believe you can gamble responsibly. But no. I mean... Oh. Do you believe you can? Uh, I'm 61 now. Uh, I started gambling when I was 12. Oh in 1972. In uh, uh, accumulators. Remember the chip shops back in the 70s? Yep, yep. You, t- 
you'd have the accumulator with the one arm bandit in the chip shop. Yeah. That's that's where I started off, I suppose. So when you were standing there waiting for your bag of chips, you'd throw a few yes, quid in. You were it. putting in your 10, 10 pence coin or 20 pence coin and you were going to chance of yeah. winning 50 pounds or whatever it was, pounds at the time. Yeah. So I went on then uh, in my teens. I became, uh, I served my time as electrician. And then lo and behold, my boss got a maintenance job in the West of Ireland here in a, in a holiday resort. He got the maintenance of a uh, casino. So I, I was the maintenance man in the casino. So I could see That's the worst job in the world they could have given you. Yeah, go yeah, yeah. yeah. So we were playing. Then the poker machines come into, and I saw lads. I saw one lad who who who, who was unemployed, but he had got a big call from from the city council. From a, he, he he had an accident, and he was spending eight hundred. Up to 800 euros, pounds, sorry, pounds this time, a day on poker machines. This is the Norway poker machines, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. can adjust the poker machines. People think it's 20 I know, I know. I, I worked in a shop. I, I, here's, the, I, here's the thing on how I know this. I worked in a newsagent's many, many years ago when I was 18, 19 years of age, and we had one of those poker machines in the newsagent's, and we had the keys for it. And the guy showed me what to do at the time to change the percentages. So there was these little, basically, there was a line of five switches. There were five little white switches, I think, if I remember rightly. And you just switch them for percentages. So the first switch up meant you gave 20% back, 40% back, 60% back, 80% or 100%, whichever you wanted. So if you had it set for 40, it would only ever pay you back 40% of what was taken in, vice versa. And uh, yeah. so we would set it at a certain amount, depending on how much money it was making. If it wasn't making enough money, you'd set it a bit higher. Yeah, well, the damage that I, I like, I worked and I, for, from until I was about 35, I had a problem. I, I was lucky enough that I always kind of controlled it. i tell you how bad, though. I used to park my car a mile away from the arcade and leave my wallet under the seat. I'd bring a tenner with me so I couldn't spend any more. This is the kind of thing. But, like, when you get addicted, you get so addicted, it's like... Out of control, yeah. Out of control. It's unbelievable, you know. You just... And it damages... I've, I've witnessed people in there losing their businesses. Lads coming in. They'd be knocking at the door at 10 o'clock. And they'd be standing on the promise all at 10 o'clock on the morning, banging at doors to get in, to get to the poker machines. But, to uh, try and get the money back that they might have put in the day before. Yeah, they'd get the money back. And I, I had, I had a, and they'd be sitting there going, I'll just keep playing. This has got to pay out soon. It's going to yeah, pay out soon. Pay out. I had a friend of mine one night. And Which you would, by the way. He was an electrician with me. Yeah. And we, I had a motorbike. And we drove out to, after work. We were working up in the city centre. And we drove out Salt Hill. And we went in. And he, all his wages, the whole lot, cash, into the poker machine. And he had he got a lucky break and he got back up and he had a hundred and I think it was a hundred and seventeen pounds in credit and I said take it take, take it, it out, out yeah take it out yeah and he went back down to zero and I had to put him on the back of the motorbike and we had to go to our boss to get a sub because the, his parents knew that he was gambling. So he had to have money. They wanted to see his wages when he went home. So he had to get money off the bus. To, to make it home. look like he hadn't spent it. To look like he hadn't spent it. But that was his next week's wages. This is the kind of shit we're up to, like. 
You know, yeah. we were losing money. Now, and what was the most you ever lost in one go? Oh, I wouldn't have lost an awful lot. I'd have lost £100. Uh, at the time, but that was a lot of money at the time, but, yeah. Yeah, but some lads lost. But then again, you could have... A, I had one week there, one, I won €800 Euros, pounds mm. at the time. Yeah. And I was looking, that was brilliant. Was, they nearly bet me up in the amusement arcade, which I was in me. <laughs> and they're like, well, really pissed Well, they were the days the where they used to give you the money. But what's the story nowadays? Oh, they, no, that's what They, they don't that. give you money anymore, do they? Yeah. Now, I... I give it. I, when I was about thirty five, thirty six, I got depression. My parents died, in a sense, and I thought that when my parents died, that God, that I just stopped gambling. That it was a, that it was God that was telling me that they had gone to heaven and told God to tell me <laughs> that. But it was actually, I was suffering from fucking depression, but I didn't know it. Right. I didn't know I was suffering from depression when my parents died, so I gave up the gambling. Right. But now, every now and again, I do go into the, the amusement arcades just to walk around. And thank God I don't gamble anymore. I right. don't to and were you getting, I mean, I mean, Michael talked about this kind of the dopamine and this excitement. Did you get an excitement oh, when you were playing? It's unreal. Like, you just keep going. You're, you're, you're chasing to get it back. You know, you're chasing to get the money back. And you come out of the, I know people come out of the amusement arcades and they have a lump in their throat and they want to commit suicide. And they're crying because they know they have to face their family and kids. And they're just saying, where am I going to get the money? Will I go to the credit union? Will I go to the bank? Who will give me money? To, just to show, to have money to say, to cover the fact that they lost That they're week. gambling, yeah, like an alcoholic yeah. would. But, but in relation to what's going on now, I mean, you've, it says on my screen here, you've kind of creeped back into the online gambling. Yeah, well, I ha- yeah. Stay I away from actually, it. Say it's I'm a gonna, fool's game. No, Stay I away from it. I back in. Yeah. What happened was, I... I, over the years, I don't do any gambling except I do the lotto. Right, Every okay. Saturday night, I do six euros, and I've been doing it for years. Oh, that's okay. okay. That, that's okay. I do the six euros, honest, every, uh, this is what I wanted to talk to, but I do the, I, I was doing, I go in, and I go into the news agents, and I get my six euros in, because that was the, the least I could do, and I do my six euros, and I have my two lines of numbers, but since the COVID, I started, I got online. I went on National Lottery online. Never went online before. But I said, rather than going into the shop and risking, I said, I'd do it online. So I started doing the lotto online. online, But I found now every time I go online, they're throwing these scratch cards at me. Yeah, these kind of go and have a go at this and have a go at that. And and you can try it or you can play it. That's right, you can try it for free. You can try it for free. And then you can play it. So they're about... Now yeah, but going, here's the bummer. If you try it for free and you win, you don't get anything. You don't get anything. <laughs> I know. It's just, it's just since January now this year. A few so, weeks well, ago, sorry, sorry, the, well, hang on. Sorry, Mike, what did you say about the dopamine? You, do, you, you get the little dopamine here and that's what gets you back Ah, in. you don't if you don't win anything. If you're a gambling addict, right, and they give you a little freebie like that, it's it's the mess with your head. It's like, oh, I'm weak, you know, I'm weak at it. I'm God, if I had, I had 100 quid on that. Jesus, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. You, you have your little win, but you, you don't win. As you say, you don't win anything financially, but yeah. you, you get a little hit from it. And yeah. it's all about getting these little hits. Uh, well, well, the, well the little hit is to, to, to make you think, God, if I had have actually paid for that, I would have won some money, and now I'm going to pay for the next but, one. But I don't think there's any thinking. I think they just override your thinking and just hit you with, yeah. the, with the chemical. The yeah. So, what, so well, let me just, before I finish up, let me just go back to you there again for a second, John. So what do you do now, John? How much are you spending now? Yeah, so that was all right. So this January this year, I started, I had, I went on this and I saw this 
uh, ticket, two euros, and I went on it. And I tried it first, and it was grand. I didn't win anything, but then I did it. I, I had won a few bob from the lotto, I, three euros or something small. So I said, well, I did the... And I won 10 euros. Right. So this, this is brilliant. So I reinvested. Two more. <laughs> now, the thing about it is, you're online, and you're, you're, you're winning. I, I've won loads of 10 euros and 5 euros since in the, in the last month. Doesn't everybody? Yeah. But you never take it back. Like, it's in your <laughs> account online. No, I know. I know. So the money's in the account. Well, when the account runs down, then you transfer your money from your bank account into it. So you don't feel like you're losing money. But you are. Yeah, of course, because so every, think, everybody does that. I mean, that's the, the, the same years ago with the scratch cards, and people I know still buy scratch cards. You get a scratch card, you win two euro, uh, or whatever it was at the time, I remember buying them, and then you, you wouldn't ask the shop for the two euro. You'd say, ah, just give us two more. Give us two more. <laughs> the same <laughs> thing online, but you have your account. That's it, you just spend the credit. You have to be very careful. Yeah, like, no, you do. I mean, it is all about self-discipline. Sorry, Michael, you want to say one final word in it there? Go ahead. No, no, I was just listening. Okay, all right, okay. Listen, thanks, yeah, lads. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. And, and John, I hope things get better for you. I hope you don't slip you slip back into spending too much money. I'm great. No, no, I'm not slipping anywhere now. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. Right, okay. I just wanted to say, like, people out there, it, is so, it has damaged so many families all over Ireland. It, it really needs... Like, I know the lads that run these things, and they're... Multi-millionaires. The betting and companies, yeah, yeah, they are. Most, yeah, and most of the people that bet can't afford to bet. You never see a rich lad betting. It's always the, you know, it's the old. That was the mush. The mush. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, John, Michael, and everybody got involved in that conversation. Thank you very much indeed. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan show. Classic.